0: They probably would have singled out Tyron Matthew. So they would have had a certain DB, say if it was me, they'll have like a special jersey on because Tyron Matthew, you got to know where he is at all times. If he's Mm -hmm. blitzing, if he's dropping back in coverage, you got to know where he's coming off that edge. And that's very important for the quarterback to know. That's why Tom Brady, I'm sure he was keen on where's Tyron Matthew, where's the ball going to go right before the play started. So that's what I would have done. And I'm sure that's what they did.
1: Hi, I'm Pete McCall. And welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. That voice you heard in the introduction is the guest for this episode, Mr. Marcellus Branch. And this is a fun conversation. This is going to be a little bit different than what I normally do, and I'll explain why in a moment. But before before I go any further, I want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And hey, I don't know if you know this, but there's now an All About Fitness Podcast YouTube channel. That's right, All About Fitness Podcast is now on YouTube. What I've been trying to do the last two months is as I record my interviews, I'm trying to get them on video. Not every interview is going to be recorded, but I'm trying to put my my videos up on YouTube. So not only can you hear the All About Fitness Podcast, but you can check it out and see it. And and later on, you'll understand why in this interview of why that's important. So go to the All About Fitness Podcast YouTube channel. Not only only am I going to have the podcast up there, but you'll also find exercise how-tos, I'll be doing how-tos of, of challenging exercises. I'll be doing a little bit of exercise science to help you understand how your body adapts to exercise. And that's really going to be a platform I want us to all to use, the All About Fitness podcast channel on YouTube, I want us all to use it. If you have any questions about something, if I post a lecture up there, if I post an interview up there and you have any questions on it, please drop, put it in the chat. Drop a question in there. And always, if you have a question about the All About Fitness podcast and you want me to answer it on a quick fit tip, shoot me an email, pete at petemccallfitness.com. That's pete at petemccallfitness.com. So this interview today was a little bit different. Normally, I, I talk to people. I think if you're a listener of All About Fitness, you know that my main theme is how do we use exercise to enhance our quality of life and how do we use exercise to slow down the aging process? Now, when I got the email to to speak with uh, Marcellus Branch, I was looking at it. Marcellus is a young man. He's been with a couple NFL teams. He's been on the practice squad. He's trying to make a living as a professional football player. What I want to be able to do on this podcast, though, is take a look at how do people train? How do professional athletes train? Recently, I interviewed Dana Brooke from the WWE about how she prepares for her matches. And so when I got an opportunity to interview Marcellus, especially because he's one of these unheralded people that that's so critically important to the NFL. And you're going to hear why as we go into the interview. Because I think a lot of times when we look at, at professional sports, it's easy to see the people on the field during game day. Wow, that person's a great athlete. But you have to understand that in order for Tom Brady to look good or order for, for Patrick Mahomes or Tyreek Hill or any one of these guys – to play at their best on a game day, there's a whole bunch of people that go into making that happen. Some of the most important people, in my opinion, some of the most important people on an NFL roster are the practice squad players. Why? Because they got to get the they got to get the starting team ready for the game. Right? I mean, obviously the starters are important because they're the ones who score the points and make the tackles. But you need to have good practice squad players. They're going to push the starters harder. If I'm playing, if if I'm a starter, I want my practice squad guy to push me. So when I go out my and I play on on Saturday or Sunday, I say Saturday because we play rugby on Saturdays, but I want my practice guy to push me. So when I go play on Saturday, it's not gonna be as hard. And that's what you're gonna hear about from Marcellus. Marcellus is gonna talk about the process of trying to make an NFL roster. He's gonna talk about where he might be playing next year, which is a really cool thing. And he's gonna share us and give us some insights on how he stays in shape to be competing at that level. Because what we lose track of as fans, whether you're a serious fan or whether you're a casual fan, what we lose track of is this stuff is hard, man. And these dudes are playing, if you're on an NFL team, you're playing 16 weeks, whether it's a 17-week season with one bye. You are playing, it's tough. It is tough on the body. It's tough on the mind. It's tough on everything. And you'll hear me talk about in the interview. I, I don't care who's on your team in August or September. I really don't. As somebody who pays attention to the NFL, I don't care. August team, September team, is irrelevant. What I like to see, what the good teams do, is the good teams are play in November, December. That's what I like seeing. As someone who pays attention to the NFL, I'm much more interested in the teamwork, the preparation. Why do some teams, why do some coaches, why do some players succeed where others at the same skill level might not do the same? A lot of it has to do with mentality. A lot of it has to do with preparation. And that's what we hear about from Marcellus today. Now, if you're looking for how you can prepare, if you're looking for how you can succeed in your exercise program, I got a few resources for you. One is my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. In Smarter Workouts, I tell you everything you need to know about how to design programs for metabolic conditioning, mobility, or strength training. Other resources I have include eBooks and courses. I have the Functional Core Training eBook, which is only $7, and I have the Total Body Core Training course, which is $60-something, and that will teach you. The eBook and the course teach you what you need to know to design programs from the inside out, from the core muscles on out. My exercise program design for the Fountain of Youth is the same way. My ebook gives you an overview. My course, which is you can see down below the link in the show notes, the course teaches you what you need to know to design exercise programs that can slow down the aging process. And if, if you don't want to spend money on a program, that's fine. Go to my website, Pete That's Pete On my website, you can sign up for my mailing list. I'll send you a chapter and a workout from Smarter Workouts so you can try it out. So you can start learning some stuff that you can apply. But most importantly, if you sign up for my mailing list, I'll send you one, maybe two emails a month about how to use exercise to not only enhance your quality of life, but to slow down the aging process. Now let's get into it with an up and coming star. I hope I held him to it, man. If Marcellus makes an NFL roster, I want to have him come back on the podcast and tell us how he did it. So here we are with football player and entrepreneur, Mr. Marcellus Branch. Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and on the All About Fitness podcast today, we're doing a special, unheralded. I haven't done this yet before. We're doing a Super Bowl edition kind of wrap up special with Marcellus Branch. How are you doing today, Marcellus? I'm doing good, Pete. Doing good. Glad to be here talking to you. Thank you, man. I didn't see you weren't expecting to be able to wrap up and be able to break down the Super Bowl, but I figured, hey, it just happened. So, why not talk a little bit about that and giving your background? So, let's talk first about. You've been you've you've been on with a couple teams. You signed as an undrafted mm-hmm. free agent. Talk a little bit about that process, about what it's like to come out of college and try to make an NFL team because I think a lot of people it looks so easy on the field, right? You look at that mm-hmm. and you say why isn't why aren't they doing it? it looks so easy. But I want you to talk a little bit about what it takes to even be try to be competitive at that level, let alone play at the
0: high at the highest levels of the sport. Of course, I mean, it's always what goes on behind closed doors. People don't see the extra hours that you put in beyond practice and beyond the meeting room. You got to put in the extra hours in the weight room that people don't see, extra hours in in the meeting room with your teammates or coaches, bring somebody along with you. And people just don't understand that you're trying to make yourself an elite athlete in the entire world. Like you're trying to create this specimen, this monster, to step on the field against other people trying to do the same thing and it's an extremely competitive sport. And you just always know that somebody out there is trying to work and take your spot. And even when you do, if you are blessed enough to make a roster in the NFL, every year there's a young gun coming to take your spot the next year, another young gun. And you always have to stay ready and be on your on your P's and Q's. Well, I kind of like the way you said that, Marcellus, because I shared
1: you before I hit record, I coach youth sports. And one of the things I really try to get my players understanding is what you do on the field is a product of how you prepare off it. So when you look at that, how much, what, what role does preparation play, whether it's a meeting, whether it's studying or what, what role does preparation play in order to be able to stand on the step on the field and,
0: and play at that level? Any, well, any level. Preparation is literally everything. If you're not prepared, you're not ready. And I had a coach tell me, he said, preparation equals confidence. And that's the truth, because whenever I feel like I prepared, I did everything that I can do to be ready for a certain moment, game, whatever you want to call it. I had that confidence going into that game, and I always performed to the best of my abilities. And you went to Robert Morris for college? Yes, sir. Where
1: where is that located? And I'm just not that familiar
0: with the school. Oh, it's outside of uh, Pittsburgh and Boone Township, Pennsylvania.
1: Okay, yes, sir. And who who was in? Who else was in that league? Who'd you play against?
0: Um, it wasn't a big league. It was a smaller league in the Northeastern Conference. And I believe they recently moved to the Big South Conference. But I played against um Duquesne using uh Duquesne University, Sacred Heart. You know all the Northeast schools up there and. We didn't win a conference championship, came close one time. But fortunately, the cards didn't fall for us. But I had a lot of great teammates. I had some great coaches, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I had Coach who who is now a coach with Duquesne University, and Coach Hurley, who played quarterback for Syracuse back in the days. He was actually in the Heisman Watch, went on to the NFL, and played defensive back. So I learned a lot from them, just especially from like a mental aspect
1: of the game. And now that's your position as defensive back. How tough is that to line up out there? Because your first, what, I'm going to say meters because that's what I'm used to, but your first, like, five to ten yards, you're basically running yeah. backwards. And now, are you a DB, or are you a, a DB, of course, but
0: are you a corner or, or safety? Um, both, actually. Uh, okay. My first three years of, of uh, college, I played corner, and then my last year I had to get to uh safety because of injuries and stuff. And when I went on to the NFL, I played safety. And... People always talk about what's the hardest position to play in football, you know. Obviously, quarterback, gotta respect quarterback, you gotta know the playbook and everything, but athletically and physically, cool corners corners tough when you got a man up against a guy that runs four, two, four, three, might be six, two, jumping out the gym, and you have to just do your job and stay in front of him as best as you can. And a lot of that comes from also watching film and knowing certain tendencies from players and coaches with their playbooks.
1: And now that's what I like to point out at this at this level, right? Is everybody everybody playing at that level? If you get invited to an NFL camp, even as, as an undrafted free agent, you're kind of a sick athlete. You're not. They're not just inviting yeah. the guy, you know, with a rare exception. Yeah, no they're not,
0: slouches. No slouches.
1: Everybody. Everybody is at the, is at the top of their game. And what was that? So when you show up for your first training camp, you're, you're when you show up with the Atlanta Fal- Falcons they picked you up as an undrafted free agent, and you show up at camp. What was that feeling like? What was it like to kind of walk in there and go, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm really
0: here? Oh, man, it was like a dream come true. You walk into the locker room, see all the NFL logos everywhere. And I remember, like, specifically seeing my name tag over my locker. It said Branch with my jersey number. And then you look around and you see guys that, you know, you watched when you were younger. I see, like, Julio Jones down there, Matt Ryan behind me. And you're just like, wow, like, I'm here. Like, I made it.
1: And and I noticed that going through your profile that you you – yeah, you did get cut from the teams, but you usually didn't get cut to the latest rounds and you did get picked up on the practice mm-hmm. squad. What's it like to be on the practice squad? Talk a little bit about the life of a, of a practice squad player in the NFL. Because in my practice opinion, I, I think I'll say this real quick, Marcellus. I think the practice squad guys are probably the <laughs> most important guys on the team because you have your start, you have your starting group, but we all know mm-hmm. that in football, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and how bad is that injury, injury going to be. So if you're a practice squad player, in my opinion, you got to stay ready because you don't know week to Absolutely. week if you're going to be caught up. So talk a little bit about the life of, of being on the practice squad in the NFL.
0: Practice squad, I, I think it depends on where you are, like where you're at for like certain teams. But for me, practice squad was, it was tough. I mean, they expected a lot from us. For example, like sometimes I would literally all the time, actually, I'll go from defense practice squad playing safety. Then next offensive reps up, I got to go play slot. And I just got to switch jerseys and like it's minimal rest and you're pretty much a dog in it. And, but at the same time, it's always worth it. I loved every second of it. And I just, um, you always want to give your team the best look possible because if you give like a shitty look, they're going to go out to the game, not play well. And I always felt like the weeks that we gave like really good looks, the team went out there and played and then we actually won those games. Well, let's talk about that for a minute because we, we just watched the Super Bowl
1: and say you're say you're Tampa Bay, right? And you're on Tampa mm-hmm. and you're on Tampa Bay and you're on the practice squad on Tampa Bay. So your job for, for the last week was, was to do what if you're if you're a a um a safety on the Tampa yeah. Bay practice squad? What would your job have been getting ready for the Super Bowl?
0: So if I was on the Buccaneers practice squad, they probably would have singled out Tyron Matthew. So they would have had a certain DB, say if it was me, they'll have like a special jersey on because Tyron Matthew, you got to know where he is at all times. If he's Mm -hmm. blitzing, if he's dropping back in coverage, you got to know where he's coming off that edge. And that's very important for the quarterback to know. That's why Tom Brady, I'm sure he was keen on where's Tyron Matthew, where's the ball going to go right before the play started. So that's what I would have done. And I'm sure that's what they did.
1: And so would would you have watched any film on Tyrone to Tyrion? I mean, if I don't pronounce the name wrong, no disrespect mm-hmm. to him. But if you, if you didn't, he's Honey Badger, right? That's his nickname. Yes, sir. Okay. So Honey if you'd watch, so would you have watched some Honey Badger film before he went out and try to try to do what he does on the practice squad?
0: Um, typically, the coaches will come and tell you on certain plays like what to do. Like coach will say on this play, we want you to blitz on the outside edge, but wait until the quarterback gets to a second round of like his cadence. So if he gets under the snap, he's like wide eighty wide 80 on that second wide 80 I would start to creep up if that's how the Chiefs ran their ran their defense so it'll be something similar to that
1: now having played that level what were you watching when you're watching the, the game the Super Bowl because I think a mm-hmm. lot of people listening to ourselves to be honest we're watching the commercials um yeah. but, but what, what were you watching when you're watching that game between the Chiefs and and Tampa Bay what were what you what were you paying attention to
0: I like to watch after playing like playing in the NFL and watching film and seeing how great players and coaches watch and break down film. I like to see how the formations come out because the formation could tell you a lot about a play and how the motion and the chiefs like to like, to do a lot of like motions with the back outside and bring it back in. And they do that to read the cover, see if it's man coverage, zone coverage. And I knew that, the, I had my money on the on the Buccaneers because defense wins championships and I felt like the Buccaneers defense was, was going to come to play and put a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes and that's what they did so I like to watch formations and like how many receivers like the personnel count that come out in 12 11 personnel which means how many receivers they have they have three receivers four receivers one back two backs one tight end two tight ends because you can think because you could predict the play as like a DB, like playing safety. If I see they have two tight ends and I know they got a pair and that means they're most likely going to run the ball to that side of the pair. Or also in the back of my mind, they might play action to the pair boot opposite way and drag the tight end behind me and try and get behind me or have a post route come behind me. I think about all types of things when I'm watching the game.
1: Now, how much confidence, if you're in a huddle, how much how much confidence do you get off the other players? And I'm thinking specifically because if say, say you're a uh, – I don't even know the Tampa Bay team that well, but say you're a second or third year player and this is your first Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. How much confidence would you have if you are in a huddle with somebody like Tom Brady on offense, or if you're in a huddle with somebody like JPP on defense, how much confidence do you get from your teammates in a situation like that?
0: Listen, if Tom Brady is your quarterback, you got to have all the confidence in the world. You don't bet against Tom. I'm going to have my confidence will be through the roof. I mean, Even without that, my confidence is already gonna be through the roof. It's a Super Bowl. You gotta be psyched, amped out. And the fact that you have the greatest quarterback, in my opinion, of all time leading you out there, you have no choice but to just give your best effort. That's not an opinion, dude. I mean, there's there's numbers because when you look at numbers, yes, sir.
1: I I look at that and I'm I'm a relatively casual NFL fan. And -hmm. and I, I lived in Boston for a little while. Let me just say I've never been a fan of New England of the New England Patriots. But that said, you got to respect the hell out of what they've accomplished, whether whether it's with Belichick or Brady. But Brady's a dude who's been in the league 21 years, 20, 21 years. He's been to the Super Bowl. He's been to the championship game half his time in the league. How gnarly
0: is that? How unprecedented is that? That's incredible. There's guys play their entire careers and barely make it through the playoffs. Yeah. So that's just an amazing feat. And to me, Tom Brady is like the ultimate underdog because... People don't know, coming from Michigan, he was splitting reps. He wasn't just a superstar in uh, Michigan, then gets drafted in the sixth round, doesn't come into the league starting, gets a spot when Bledsoe goes down. He steps in, takes advantage of his opportunity, and that was all she wrote. The rest is history. Well, one of my favorite stories,
1: Marcellus, every season are – like. I look at it as it's not who's on the team in September. I don't care who you show up in training camp with. Indeed. I really don't. I get, in fact, I get a little tired of all the NFL coverage about this person, this person in training camp. Don't tell me who you have in August or September. Tell me what you're doing in November or December, because it's, it's the November-December team that plays in January, right? I mean, it's, it's what you're That's doing right. in November-December that means you're going to play play in, in January. And every year, my favorite story is that guy like yourself, maybe. Who didn't make? Who maybe didn't make camp? Didn't make the final roster in camp? Maybe you didn't get picked up on the practice squad, but maybe at the end of September he gets pulled into the practice squad, and then by by November, December is getting reps on the field. Are you? Yeah, it's possible? I mean, you, that, that's possible, right? Do you have you seen dudes do that? I mean, guys that you've played with, have you seen?
0: Them? Definitely have been. I know guys been sitting that home, and get a call in October, late October, and next thing you know, they're on the field running down on kickoff the next Sunday. So you definitely have to always stay ready. And with that being said, also at the at the same time, like when I get cut or whatever, and I'm back home, I have to always train every day still. I, I have to train as if I'm going to play the next week because I never know when a phone call is going to come. And it's to me, it'll, it'll be a worse feeling to get a phone call and not be ready and miss out on that opportunity because then you'll never get that phone call again. I'd rather be ready, get the phone call, and people know that I'm reliable and dependable.
1: Well, I'm going to ask you real quick. How do you stay in touch with coaches, right? Because say say you get released from the roster, even if you, or you get released mm-hmm. from the practice squad. Do you take it? Do you what? What's your feeling? Because I think you understand. You understand cognitively that this is a business. They only have. They, they yeah. can only bring so many people along. But what's that feeling like? And how does that drive you?
0: Does that motivate you to go out and work a little bit harder from there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I take it all personal. I okay. take it all personal because I feel. I know what I put into myself. I know what I put into the game. And especially when you feel like I'm not going to downplay anybody else, but I just feel, I know for a fact that I'm better than others and I'm going to keep it that way. I'm very confident in myself and I'm always going to be confident in myself. So yeah, I take everything personal and I take that fire into my training into how I eat my diet, my mentality. I wake up and I just, and I'll I wake up ready to just be a dog. Like I'm a dog and yeah. Yeah, I just love the game and I'd love to prove it. And I recently just signed with uh calgary and the uh oh cool cfo so i'm excited to go up there and just show what i can do and just prove that i'm a great football player
1: because you have I mean, you have to get game film at that level right is one thing because you're mm-hmm. what, 24 25 years old no maybe 25 27 27 in oh, january oh okay all right so yeah, and 27 is i mean 27 is about the sweet spot right for dbs i think dbs yeah. are really between because it takes a couple years to learn at that level. And then between like 27 to 32, I think is going to be mm-hmm. when you can get your, your, your most balling out. So how do you, and I'll say this real quick. I don't believe in pure luck. I really don't. Luck mm-hmm. is the result of opportunity and preparation, right? You you, you just for mentioned sure. this, but you're waiting for that call. So if that phone call happens, you can step right in. What have you been doing to prepare? Cause you played in the XFL a little bit and that mm-hmm. well, before I ask you about what you do prepare, talk a little bit about the XS, XFL because how what was that experience like to be to be in that league and be training with with, uh, with that with what they were doing?
0: Yeah, the XFL was a different ex- experience from the NFL. Obviously, it wasn't the billion-dollar funded business, you know. But the XFL was great, though. At this, at, at the same time, the games were legit, televised. Everything was extremely pro- professional, and like all the players were bought in, and it wasn't. It wasn't like guys just, you know, they just grabbed off like the streets. These are guys they've been in the NFL before. You know, some some of these guys played on active rosters for a couple of years and they still feel like they still got it. And they and they definitely did. And we put on hell of a games for the fans and the fans were all bought in. And I think that's but I
1: think that's important. Do you think that that there is room for a spring football league? Do you think and obviously COVID yes. COVID changed things. I mean the, nobody could've yeah. that. But do you think there is there is
0: a place in the, in the market for, for spring football league. Absolutely. There's a lot of talent out here. There's A lot of talent, a lot of guys that are hungry, and eager to get on the field like myself. And if there was a spring league and I had the opportunity to play in it, I would, I would definitely do it. So look, before I talk to you, before I ask you about preparation, what you're doing to stay fit,
1: this is just me, dude, this is me being a casual fan, but, but being, knowing the strength and conditioning side, what I would mm-hmm. love to see, I would love to see the teams, each team have like a spring roster that it was more like a passing league, like a seven-on-seven league, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that would be so sweet if, say, they expanded the practice squad, and then in the spring they said, all right, fellas, you want to get your reps, we're going to put together, we're going to get the third-string quarterback out there, we're going to get these receivers and DBs that we're bringing up, and let's do a seven-on-seven league. So the Atlanta mm-hmm. Falcons would have their spring team, The the whoever, the – the Raiders would have their spring team. That's as a fan, I would love to see that because that's then, interesting. That's interesting. You know what I mean? Because then it's like, cause you guys are competing for a roster spot. Why? Yeah. You know, the, the, I think the, I think the NFL is a little short-sighted and not seeing the opportunity to, okay, we're going to keep our starters here. We know pre, we have a pretty good idea, mm-hmm. but of a, and I know they play differently, but of a 53 man roster, they have a pretty good idea who that key team is going to be, but there may be 10 or 12 spots. They're going to be open up every season why not have a passing league for guys that are affiliated with that team to develop and come along. And then that way it's like, you're, you're much ready to step up. I, I, cause how much, how, cause passingly talk a little bit about what like a seven on seven is before, for people that might not be familiar with that.
0: Yeah. Seven on seven, you pretty much take out the offensive line, D line. There's no pass rush. Might be like, there might have like a five second timer for the quarterback. So he can't stand back all day. And um, seven on seven is fun though. I, like, it's really fun. It's just pretty much like you out there with your boys, you know, on like a Saturday, and you just out there having fun. But to bring it into the NFL, be a lot more interesting though, because you have game plans and stuff going into the games. That's why I think it'd be a cool like you could shrink down the field a little bit, not
1: play on the full hundred uh, yard field. Yeah, maybe just fifty yard field to be perfect, probably something like that. But then you, because I think as a fan, I, you know, maybe I can't take my kids paying a hundred dollars, whatever, a ticket. And that's that's cheap. Mm-hmm. That's that's cheap for a ticket. But in the spring, yeah. you open it up. I mean, that they can make money at the stadium. They anyway. We're not here to talk. We don't want to. Yeah, you, that's interesting, though. Hey, hey, Roger Goodell, if you do this, I want to cut, man. Not, <laughs> <laughs> you got to give me. Yeah, they're league. gonna bring it out but,
0: this year. They're gonna bring it out this
1: year. Yeah, right. But but in all seriousness, let's talk a little bit about your preparation. I mean, because you you have that mindset of you're ready. You want to step on the field and play. What have you been doing? How do you prepare for that? Especially when a lot of the gyms tend to be closed right now.
0: Yeah, uh, the gyms here are, are now open. So. Thankfully, I go, I lift at least, at least five times a week and for a couple hours. And then right now, about two to three times a week, I do just DB specific training about two to three times a week. And then I mix in some uh, speed work here and there and just conditioning. So Pretty much, just make sure my body's just ready to take on the beating of a football game and football practice for a couple weeks, couple months. And what is DB specific condition? How do you guys how do you guys train for that? I have a trainer, and uh, he also plays defensive back. And pretty much, you, there's all different types of drills you can do, starting out with like a back pedal, and then 45 degree breaks, 90 degree breaks, and 45 post corner breaks, and learning how to track the ball because you always have to be able. I like to catch the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. and like during like drills because in the game when the ball comes to you you got to make that play especially for like a DB you get that chance maybe once a game or once every other game the ball's going to come right to you and a lot of guys miss the opportunity because they drop the ball so I, I at least want to get 100 catches a week and um, working on my footwork you got to have great hips I do a lot of hip drills when you have to rotate your hips I'm sure you see like in the uh, NFL combine defensive backs when they back pedal and the coach tells them to swivel hips this way swivel that way then open up I do all those drills and just making sure that I'm just ready to go
1: full speed. Well, then we see that last night in the Super Bowl. I think there were maybe two or three tip drills. One, I can't remember who caught it. There was one one tip I think that was... was Tyron
0: Matthew caught one and they called it back. It was a penalty. I didn't agree with that penalty, honestly. But I feel like at the end of the day, it didn't matter the outcome of the game. And the other interception the Buccaneers got. I'm not sure who got it. Yeah, but it's like
1: there are like two chip drills in there, and then there's that one lineman eligible play. <laughs> I felt so bad uh, for that dude. He got his number called, he's right there. But well, if that was a heads up defensive play, though, right? I mean, that was a great
0: defensive play. That was a great defensive play. That, that was they, a perfect example to, playing the ball, and he got the ball out of the dude's hands. Yeah, played the ball through the hands. That's he, he read the uh, guy's eyes, played the ball through the hands, break through. And what? So when you're when you're
1: doing that, when you're getting ready, to say you're doing some of these drills, conditioning. Do you match up against guys that are receivers? Are you in a little crew down there in Atlanta where you you guys are pushing each other, trying to trying to
0: work and get and get get on? Um, with working with receivers, we work with receivers sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to get receivers to come out and work with DBs. Uh, but we work with a group of guys that are a group of DBs, and we give each other looks at receiver because we're all athletes and yeah. I feel like it's easier for a DB to go to a receiver than a receiver to go to DB, in my opinion. So I, I think DBs are more athletic than wide receivers. Hey, no, I like that swag, right? Because, what well, receivers are running forward the whole
1: time, right? DB, yeah, but the first 10 meters going back. You got
0: to get in that back pedal. Then you got to explode forward, maybe explode back. Who knows? Because you got to read off to him. You have to read off to him. So a receiver knows what he's doing. He knows the route. Yeah. DB just has to read and react. Now,
1: is there are there times when you've been match up on a guy, and you just kind of know you kind of have that sense that's going his way? Have you ever stepped in and jumped the route and gotten that uh, and gotten that pick? Absolutely. Yes. What's sir. that feeling like? That's How do you know? Like, what's that giveaway? And that's because that's where the preparation comes in, right? For
0: example, like earlier we uh, talked about teams come out certain formations or whatever. So I might notice also where the ball is on the uh, on the uh, field. They on twenty yard line, thirty yard line. Are they in a and the uh, red zone, because a lot of teams run the same plays, but they window dress it. They might have two receivers over here, They motion one across, but you got to always think about what's the final look. Don't worry about they had two over here, the motion them now. Now they have a receiver here, a receiver here, maybe a tight end and two backs. And sometimes you pick up on certain things and you're like, okay, he might run a slant right now. And, you know, I'm not hundred percent, I might be 70% because I'm going to break on this slant. However, I need to be ready in case it's not because you don't want to be left out the drive. Then if it was as a a DB, if we make a mistake, it's points on the board. Mm -hmm. It's not like D-line make a mistake or linebackers make a mistake. We're there to save them in a way. If we make a mistake, it's always points on the board or very big play. And that's interesting.
1: And talk a little bit about because when you said that earlier, like with the receiver, you kind of had this look on your face. You know, and I'll be posting <laughs> this on YouTube for listeners. Um, you kind of had a look on your face, like, man, I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna play with any receiver. Talk a little bit about that offensive defensive rival in the locker room because I think people don't realize that. Yeah, you're on the same team, but isn't there yeah. a little like isn't there a little rivalry that you know between the O and the D about like Absolutely. Uh, within the locker room? And, and talk about that a little bit.
0: There's always some very competitive guys and as a db we hate receivers receivers hate dbs and there's always a lot of john going on or who's gonna do what to who and one-on-ones and one-on-ones gets a lot of talk because to me one-on-ones is an offensive drill but it always feels good when dbs go out there and handle their business and then we get on the seven on seven and then we also what's another good drill receivers oh stop block drill when a receiver has to block the defensive back and the defensive back has to shed him and tag off the runner. Uh one of my favorite drills, because we get to put hands on on the on the guys. So uh I like the I'm more of a rough guy. I like the I'm very violent. I love to hit people. Like I like to hit people hard. And that's one of my favorite aspects of the game, is just hitting people, honestly. Now, you got to look, hey man, hopefully it works out for you in Calgary,
1: but at some point you should take a look at rugby. There's now a professional rugby league here in the States. Uh,
0: It's major league rugby. I've actually noticed that. I had a friend contact me about it. I played with him with the uh, Falcons, actually. He might get into it. He's from uh, Seattle, Washington.
1: Okay. Yeah, Seattle has a team. I think Atlanta might have a team. I think they expanded it. But when I coached high school, one of my former players is uh, now on um, the San Diego Legion, but he went to Fresno right. State. He played. He started all four years at Fresno State as a lineman, and he could have, Marcellus, we were talking about it a year ago, maybe two years ago. We were talking about it two years ago because I was asking him if he had wanted to do the NFL. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah. He's like, I looked at the NFL, but he's like, frankly, I'd rather be playing rugby because he loved running with the ball. That was, he was such yeah. When I was coaching him, he was 14, 15 years old. And he's like, Wait, coach, I get to run with the ball? And I'm like, Yeah, you, if, if you're on the field, <laughs> you can pick up the ball and run with it. You have got to do something with it. And now uh, his name is Aaron Mitchell. And now he's he's on the roster. He went and played in South Africa for a little bit, but he's on the oh, roster wow. with San Diego Legion. And, you know, these guys aren't making a ton of money, but hey, at 24, 25, 27 years old, you're getting paid to play a sport. You know, why yeah. the heck not? So as you're getting ready, hey, it,
0: it, it ain't too much complaining.
1: No, and that's the thing, and it's funny because I was a forward in rugby. I, forward, the forwards are like the offensive line, right? We we're mm-hmm. pushing. I I push in the scrum. I was in the front row of the scrum, and you have the backs. The backs are. You have eight in the forwards. And you have seven in the backs. And I have to tell you, man, we give those guys so much grief if they if they foul something up. I almost use the other effort if they foul something <laughs> up. You look back and you are like, I'm doing all this work, and you guys, hey, you guys are the pretty boys because you can always yeah, tell the forwards yeah. are the forwards are the short stocky dudes, or the big stocky dudes, yeah. the backs are the guys with the gelled hair, and <laughs> and but you can always tell that rivalry. But doesn't that rivalry doesn't doesn't it kind of push you guys a little bit that that you are gonna everybody's the goal of everybody is to play better. Yes. Right? Doesn't that rivalry just push you a little bit?
0: Yeah, I I always want the receivers. And sometimes, you know, I like to get – I talk my trash to them because I want them to bring out their best because I need to see that and because I know it's going to get me better. Then when I step into the game, I have a confidence like, you know, I already went against some great guys, and what I'm about to see is not going to be anywhere close to what I've got is against all all week. I love that, man, because when I was first coming out and playing rugby, the
1: club I was playing with was one of the top of the country. I have to tell you, I got my butt kicked in training. I got my butt kicked in training. But then when I played on Saturday, it was so much easier. You know, because I'm yes. like, man, I was going to get some of the toughest dudes in the country in training. And then when I go play, I was playing like at the B and C level, working my way up. Man, I go play these other dudes. I'm like, man, you guys are
0: nothing. You know, these these guys are kicking my butt. That's how it is. Exactly. Exactly. So, I don't wanna, I don't wanna practice saying, you know, guys are trying to hold my hand and make it easy, like no, that's not going to get me better. I'm all about trying to get better. I don't care how hard it is, what you got to do. Let's just do what we got to do to get better and move forward. Yeah, because if you're t- if your practice is tough, if you're if you're if you're jamming
1: your receiver, if you're if you're grabbing, not that you do this, no DB does this. You're grabbing a little jersey, you're, you're giving a little hand, you know, you give him a little yeah. hand hack, you know.
0: No, they, you don't do yeah, that. You know, but nah, not but at all. Not at all.
1: Does, does not make it. But then, but in all in all seriousness, then when you step on the field on Sunday or Saturday to play. Man, it's just, you're giving those guys, you want to give those guys your best look, right? Absolutely. So how are you preparing? You're going to go up, you said Calgary, they're the Stampeders? Yes. How are you preparing for that?
0: Same way. I'm just um, still training five days a week for lifting, at least. Sometimes I lift every day until I feel like I, I just need a break. And then always three times a week with the field work. And then mix in some speed work on top of that. So... I'm just touching all my bases and making sure that I could be the best that I could be when I go up. And now, when does that season start? When does the Canadian the CFL start? I'm not too sure. Still currently waiting on the scheduling because of COVID stuff's a little different right now. So still waiting on all that to get it handled. Wait, what? COVID stuff is different. What are you talking about? Ain't <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing. Uh... Yeah, yeah, different different regulations.
1: Now, let me ask you this. I, I wanted to touch on this. You went down to you grew up in Miami, right? Yes. What high school did you go to in Miami? Because my what, what a lot of people might not realize, and again, this is just from what I've heard over the years. There's probably my there's probably Miami. There's like Dallas, maybe LA ish. But there are a few areas in the country where the high school football is probably tougher than some college levels. So,
0: so talk a little about your high school experience in Miami. Yeah, uh, I went to a uh, Miami South Senior High School, and um, football in Miami is awesome. It's awesome. Everybody loves football, even from little league. Pop Pop Warner, you hear about big games and games be packed. Like little league games be packed, and you know about like some little stud, little seven year old kid, and out there balling. And I remember when I used to be that little stud, seven year old kid, and all these people. You just it's all about the glory. Like I don't know, I just fell in love with it from a young age, and then getting into high school extremely competitive the whole state, honestly, but South Florida, we always talk our trash. South Florida. We dominate the rest of the state. We have more state championships than the rest of Florida. And unfortunately I didn't get to win a state championship. We got knocked out third round and it was my uh, senior year and we were going to have a good run, but I still stand by that. We had the best defense in the state of Florida that year.
1: And then there's that O D because you guys probably weren't letting any points up on the board, but if if that O couldn't get across the line, then uh,
0: yeah. yeah, it was tough. It was tough. I ain't gonna talk about my guys right like
1: <laughs> <It's> now. <tough. laughs> I don't. I don't want to start a rivalry, but but that but yeah. that's how they play against each other. I mean, but that's why because D. I mean, in the same way, O could be rolling up points. Oh man, we gotta go out and score again because I think that was one of the yeah. problems that uh, Kansas City had. Right? Is is they might not have had the D that surprisingly. Could
0: be- yeah, you know, I mean, I would have never thought that they wouldn't have put up a touchdown. Like, I knew the Bucs defense was going to play well, just not that well. Yeah, I no, mean, it's, it's incredible, incredible all around game. But
1: I think a large part of that, too, is having somebody. How much pressure would you feel if you had Brady in your locker room and here's a dude going, playing in his 10th ball? You don't want to let Tom Brady down, right? I mean, you don't want to let anybody
0: down, but how nah. much pressure would that put on you? I mean,. I wouldn't see it as pressure. I think I would just be so excited just to go out there and just knowing it's a Super Bowl and the world's watching. And I wouldn't feel that kind of pressure. I would just be so – what's the word? Just antsy, just the anticipation of this big game and with all the talent. To me, this was, to me, this was one of the most talented Super Bowls that I've ever watched on both sides of the ball for both teams because there's a lot of talent out there. And the Chiefs, you know – they played they played their best, not their best game, but they struggled. I think their offensive line struggled. Patrick Mahomes is out there running around a lot. You know, he, he couldn't really sit in the pocket, find guys on the field. But I also think the Buccaneers defense did a good job of containing Tyreek Hill and uh Travis Kelsey. So they did a good job for double teaming those those two guys.
1: And and I think it's yeah, because there's so many there's so many times of games within the games, right? Of of things going mm-hmm. on like between between different people. Now you talked a little bit about training, and one of the things I try to talk about on this podcast, Marcellus, is not only what you do for the exercise, but what you do for the recovery. And I, I interviewed uh, oh, Demarcus yes. Ware. I interviewed Demarcus Ware last year. Uh, D Ware is now he now runs a studio. He's out of the league and he's retired. He's a trainer now. He runs a studio outside of Dallas. Yeah. But he was he told me, dude, that he spent more than. Maybe he spent like six figures, maybe one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a year, just on his like his fitness and his recovery. So, what type of recovery stuff do you do, like to to help
0: you yeah. stay in top shape? Got to take care of your body. You always have to spend, you have to spend at least thirty minutes to an hour. At least I like to do a lot of foam rolling. I have to roll out my whole body, all my muscles, especially my legs and my hips and my hamstrings. Uh, a lot of stretching and then cold baths. Got to get in cold baths, even though I hate. I hate cold tubs, cold bath. I hate all of that. But I just think about the end game. I just think it's gonna make me feel better and help me recover faster for my next workout. And I just—that's pretty much all I do for my recovery, though. And also, how- I take that back. You definitely got to get massages. You got to get massages okay. and go see a chiropractor and get adjusted. And see, all that stuff,
1: dude, and and you talked earlier about nutrition. Uh, Do you you work – I mean, do you have like a team of people? Because I know you're not at that point yet where you can have a whole bunch of people Mm -hmm. on your Rolodex. But how much does all that play? I mean, because you look at like what Brady's done, being able to play at 43, it's about his nutrition. It's about his work, and it's about his recovery. And is that something that the younger players in the league are paying attention to? When you see somebody like Brady, you see somebody like Drew Brees – they're still. I mean, obviously Brady just won, but you see some of these older guys that are still very competitive. They've been in the league that long. Is that something the younger players pay attention to and talk about?
0: Um, when I was a younger guy, like when I was in in college, I wasn't too much into recovery. That's also because my knowledge of it wasn't. You know, I'm younger. I'm like, I'm young. Know, I don't need that. I'm. A, I can be okay. You know, just go do what I was going to do. But when I got to the NFL and you see how a true professional goes about his business. And that's where I learned. I said, okay, this is where I can get better then. Because you're always looking for like, where can I get better? And I said, okay, recovery is a way I can definitely get better. And when I do that even better, I can go train even more, train even harder. And it all just comes together. So, yeah, I think as a young guy, the younger you are, start recovery early because your longevity will last will be way longer.
1: And that and that's that's the other thing I try to get kids thinking about is hey you know fellas you're done with the game what are you going to do or you're done mm-hmm. with training what are you doing you know what's your mom making for dinner don't just stop don't go to McDonald's yeah. on the way home from the from field you know Trying have you, have you changed fast food yeah cuz i mean yeah, that's even... cuz that's just that little bit of thing can make a huge difference right whether you make the active roster or whatever you're,
0: whether you're on a team right yes sir i don't even i don't even eat fast food if I do get fast food, I'll get a grilled chicken sandwich from uh, Chick Fil A. Yeah, but I don't, I don't go anywhere else at all. <laughs> Stay away. I don't remember last time I even had some of that stuff. So, well, the way you gotta look at it, dude, is you're rolling.
1: I don't know what what your your car of choice is, but you're rolling around in a Porsche. And if you're if you're driving a <laughs> Porsche, man, you're not gonna be putting you're not putting the cheap 7-Eleven gas in it, are no. you? <laughs> no, give me that, give me that premium. Yeah, give you that super premium. Now, what are you? How are you staying busy? What are you doing to uh, to make money? I mean, are you able to? I mean, obviously, you're trying. To, your your number one focus is trying to make uh, make a team. But how you uh, how are you doing your your What are you doing for work? You know, as you're doing that.
0: Uh, me and my college roommate and mine actually started a fitness apparel business called NDO Society. But I have on now actually this logo, and it stands for No Days Off Society. Oh, I like and I that. pretty much just just took it from my my view of how I approach fitness and the game. Cause I'm also a fitness addict at, at like, I love football, but I also just, I, I love being fit. I fell in love with the weight room. I fell in love with recovery. I just fell in love with everything about making my body better. And cause you, you got to treat your body. It's a temple. Like this is your body. The way you treat it, it's going to treat you better down the road, you know? And we want to be able to help people understand that and build confidence in people that maybe feel like, okay, I can't go to the gym. I'm not strong enough or I can't do this. You know, you got to start somewhere. You know, I always tell people, I never, I was never always like this. Like when I started high school, I was five foot nothing, 98 pounds. And I wrestled, I even wrestled in high school. I wrestled at 103 for my mm-hmm. freshman year and my sophomore year. I didn't start growing until my junior year. I finally had a little growth spurt. And then, thankfully, I was okay because, you know, football, when you're not, when, you, when you're that light playing football, it's easier to get, you know, tossed around a little bit. But I was always a tough kid, but I just want to take that philosophy with my brand and my logo, and we're going to run with it. And I'm excited to see where it goes. We have a lot of, uh, I actually show you right now, if I could pull up this website for you. And this is our homepage. If I can figure out how to. Flip this screen. Show yeah, the screen. So NDO, I like that man. No days there off. Oh, cool, Yes, yeah, sir. This is our homepage. We have. Right. Um, I can take you to the online store.
1: Cool, man. So you've done this all. You and you, you said you and your college roommate. What did you study in yeah, school? Yes, sir.
0: Business management.
1: Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I like that because <laughs> yeah, because now you're you're putting that into play. So you came up with this. Where, if I may ask, where are you getting those source? Are you having those made in the states? Not in the states we're getting out, outsourced from uh, the great country of china so all right. like a lot of things nowadays right but that's yeah
0: cool. it's cool better for business but we can go deeper into that one whole later but this is our some of our stuff right here we have our women's leggings and different colors and shorts right. and tops and cool. it's official we went all in with the uh, quality honestly we didn't want we didn't want anything to be halfway made so I feel like once somebody buys it and they see it for themselves and you wear it, you're going to know like, okay, I can wear this all the time and wash it. Nothing will happen. And cool, we went, man. I didn't want to give people a cheap product. Cause I know if, if I don't want to wear it, nobody else is going to want to wear it. So
1: that makes sense. And I like that mentality of no days off and because that's what's going to take to, to get to where you want to go.
0: Right. And that's anything in life. I always, cause we're also going to release some, um, fitness programs and training programs for people who want to get in shape and it doesn't matter if you're starting as a you're a professional or you're a true amateur just want to you know work out three times a week and just get in better shape we have everything for everybody and just get people to you know take that first step in their fitness journey now real quick and
1: you mentioned something about wrestling and and i'm kicking myself for not asking this earlier marcellus but what other sports did you play growing up? And because one of the reasons why, why I like asking that is a lot of my listeners might have kids, right? Might have young kids. And yes. I'm always concerned, and, and this is just from my academic geeky point of view, but say you're my son, I wouldn't want you to focus on football until maybe your junior year of high school, Right. Like anything yes. under, anything below you, be up to age 15, I I'd want you playing rugby, lacrosse, wrestling, whatever, anything that's mm-hmm. maybe basketball, anything that's going to get you more reps to be, be a more well-rounded athlete. Yes. What Talk a little bit about what, growing up, what other sports did you play and what role did All that right. play in you being able to perform at a high level?
0: Yeah, growing up, I played, since I was five years old, I always played football, basketball, and um, baseball up until I got to high school. And then when I got to high school, uh i kind of knew i'm like all right what are my chances of getting a scholarship for basketball and eh, maybe if i pursued it hard enough yeah but i was i knew i was better at uh football so i stuck with when i got to high school i just wrestled played football and i ran a uh, track what'd you run Track 100 200 100 200 400 unfortunately what i won i didn't want to do the 400 coach threw me in there. I dude. only want to do long jump and high jump, honestly, but then yeah. coach was like, "No, nah, you got to go in that or 200. I was like, "All right, I could do that." Yeah. Then one event, he was like, "Oh, we need like a 400. Oof, called my name. because four hundred is no joke. Because look, I mean, the hundred, the
1: hundred is not easy, but you can push. You know, that's going to be that's going to be over quick. Yeah. How tough yeah. is that four <laughs> hundred? Because dude, that's that's no joke. Trying to push a sprint for four hundred meters, I and mean, you're not sprinting yeah. the whole
0: time. But but what's that feel like? that last your last 180 to 100 meters is a fight it's a fight and like especially when you got guys that there's guys out there that are amazing track runners like they they can do that for a living and i'm out there you know i'm out there trying to stay in shape for football and (laughs) you know I'm, i'm i'm gonna do my best of course but the 400 that wasn't my competition i definitely prefer i love the four by one I love the four by one because I didn't have to come out blocks. I was either the second or or the third leg. Just get that baton and I was sliding. And see, and and that's where I love one of the things
1: I like about track is track, you know, you get you're going 100, you're going 200, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, you can push yourself for a little bit of time. And and it it can be uncomfortable, but you know, there's Mm -hmm. a finite thing. And one thing I try to point out to people is that, especially talking about high intensity exercise, if you look at Usain Bolt, Usain doesn't run. If you look at his split time of the 100 to the 200, he's about a half a second slower in that second 100 meters. He mm-hmm. he cannot sustain that same rate all the way through the 200 meters. It's and tough.
0: Saying, yeah, you because you're going to come off a little. You can't push that pace. No, you can't. I it's you know some people like like you said Usain Bolt. Even that he he can't even push it to that little bit, and he's the best ever. So. Yeah.
1: And the reason why I bring that up for listeners is because if the fittest people in the world can't maintain the same pace, because the 200s what about at, at, the, at the elite level is a little bit less than 20 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Just a little bit under 20 seconds, give or take. But if the, if, the, if the most elite athletes in the world that train for that can't sustain the same high intensity for 20 seconds, when a fitness instructor in a gym is saying, go your hardest for 30 seconds or go your hardest yeah. for a minute – Physiologically, it's not possible. That's where I get that's yeah. where, that's where I get a little concerned, right?
0: Yeah, it's tough. You know, sometimes I think some trainers they might overdo it. You know, some trainers they have good at heart. They just want you to push yourself beyond your limits. And sometimes it's good though to have a trainer in your ear, because some guys, like me personally, like I like to have you know a trainer push me because working out by yourself sometimes you probably tend not to push yourself as far as you can because it's yourself. You might feel like you're tired, but even my, like I'm better than like now I'm really good at pushing myself. Like I'm, you have to learn. I think it's like a, it's definitely like a skill, learning to push yourself like past your limb, especially when you're by yourself training, because it's not easy. And you know, in the back of my mind, I always tell myself like somebody's trying to take your spot. Somebody's trying to take your spot or, you know, you got to do better. You got to do better. Like I literally imagine like myself as a coach and like, as I'm doing anything a rep or if I'm sprinting, I imagine myself, on the side of me, like yelling at myself. If you could imagine that, like, I'm just getting on myself, like, go, go, go harder, go harder, go harder. Like I'm my own coach.
1: And that's good. And as you say that, man, I'm thinking about the kids I coach, the one thing I cannot stand seeing, I can, I can put up with people making mistakes, but the one thing I really don't like seeing is when a kid quits on a play, you know, if it if yeah, like, especially tough. in rugby, because the ball can go on the ground in rugby and it's a live ball. And what drives Man. me absolutely nuts is if somebody, if we drop a ball, they kind of like, they stop the drill. And it's like, no, <laughs> you don't stop the yeah. drill until the whistle blows. Right. It's like, and what's that mentality, mentality. like? Cause you, I mean, that's the mentality you have to have and that carries over in the rest of life. Right.
0: Oh yeah. You got to finish everything strong. Even when I'm training, even when I'm especially like my uh, football drills, I finish my drills. I sprint through to the end of the drill. I don't walk. I don't jog. I sprinted to the end of the drill and it becomes a habit and becomes like a part of who I am because even when I go to practice for football, like actual practice with teams, you know, other players and coaches notice that like I'm finishing through everything. And it's not even like I'm trying to like, I'm not, I'm not trying to make other people look bad. It's just who I am. This is how, this is how I do things. I'm going to finish hard. I'm going to finish strong. And that's just how I roll. Well, we'll wrap this up with this. Have you heard that story about Jerry Rice, what he used to do? Was it when he was he running the uh, sprints or running the hill or? It was it was in history? practice.
1: Anytime Jerry Rice, so uh, and I heard this from um, a motivational speaker named Bo Eason, a Bo had, I think had played with uh, with San Francisco back in the eighties. But he said mm-hmm. that every time Jerry Rice caught the ball in practice, he went to the end zone. It didn't matter if it was a five yard out route. It didn't matter if it was a you know a ten yard post. But every time yes. Jerry got his hands on the ball, he ran to the end zone because he wanted his mind and his body keyed in on that yes. fact. The ball's in your hands. I'm crossing that goal line. I d not know if
0: you'd ever heard that. I've never heard that, but I completely agree. I can resonate with that because even when I catch the ball while I'm training, I imagine it's a pick six every time and I sprint about 10, 15 yards after I catch it in the opposite direction. But it's just it's having that mentality, man. It, it, and
1: I think that's what, sets, that's what sets people apart. People who, who achieve who achieve at the high levels, they have that mentality of like, I'm just going. <laughs> you know, they're not yeah. taking it easy.
0: And 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 people assume also when you have that mentality, they think that, oh, that came when he became this great player, this great man. No, I had this mentality when, when I was in high school, when I was a little scrub kid and, you know, nobody knew anything about me. I always felt like I'm a dog, I'm a beast, I'm a savage. Like, I've always had this mentality and you have to train yourself to think that way, even when you may not be that person now. But picture yourself how you want to be later on in the future. And now I look back and I'm just like, wow, like I really came from that and to this now. And even now I feel like I can get even better. And it's encouraging to myself because I see where I came from. And I want other people to understand that like they can do the same thing. And either where you start, have that mentality now, start now. Then when you do become that savage, that dog, it's just second nature to you.
1: Man, that's the perfect way to wrap it up. Now, here's what I'm gonna do, Marcellus. I to hold. I'm gonna start following you on Instagram. I'm gonna pay attention to No Days Off, yeah. the No Days Off Training Society. Now, do me a favor when you're in the league, and I hope you make time. You can come back in and tell us about that process. But give the people absolutely talk a little bit about talk. Talk a little bit more about what No Days Off is, where people can get that information, and how people can keep track of
0: uh, keep track of what you're doing of, of training and fitness. Of course, No Days Off Society, NDO. Our Instagram tag is NDO Society, and our website is the same thing, NDOsociety.com. And we have, for guys, we have sleeveless hoodies. We have these long sleeves, dry fits in different colors, blue, green, gray. And we also have dual shorts with the compressions in them. We have the five inches. We have the nine inch. We have those in different colors also, gray, blue, and a gray and black camouflage. And then for the women, we have all sorts of things, leggings and tops in different colors and different styles. And we did a lot of great feedback, especially because, like I said earlier, we went all in with the quality. And we recently teamed up with uh, Crunch Fitness here oh, in, wow. in Atlanta, Georgia. So we're going to start doing some pop-up shops in different areas and in, in Atlanta. We recently had one that went really well. And we're going to have another one at the end of this month. So if people just come check us out, India Society, we're going to be the next big thing.
1: All right, man. Hey, Marcellus Branch, I really appreciate your time and uh, good luck up there in Calgary. And just so you know, Thank it's you. going to be a little bit different weather than uh, South Florida. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Enjoy>. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: getting ready for it. Getting ready for
1: it. Hope you're getting ready for that. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time, dude. We'll, we'll stay in touch. Two things. Number one, that's not the normal type of interview I do in terms of trying to bring a lot of research-based information to the podcast. But what I wanted to do is talk about the practical application because I don't want to just talk talk about the research. The research, yeah, that's cool and all, but let's be honest. I want to see how the research is put into action, right? That's why I like talking to professional athletes. I've had other professional athletes on the podcast. I'm trying to book a few others because I want to be able to talk with them about how they train, right? How they get prepared. That's one of the things I liked about talking to Marcellus, and, and I'll go into that in a second. And I just want to remind you, if you want to see that interview, if you want to see Marcellus go through some of his No Days Off Society stuff, I have that on YouTube. Go to the All About Fitness podcast channel on YouTube and you can see our interview, watch it in action. But what's fascinating to hear about the NFL players or or talk to any professional players of any professional sport, male, female, whatever, it doesn't matter. What allows people to play at the highest levels of their sport, what allows people to compete at the highest levels of anything, is preparation. You can't just walk onto something and think you're going to do well at it, whether it's a sport or a business meeting. You have to prepare. And that's what I got out of talking to Marcellus today. It's that preparation. And I mean it. I really am more impressed with those practice squad players, right? These guys aren't making a ton of money. They don't have personal assistants doing everything for them. You know What they're doing is they're fighting for a spot. One of the coolest things about NFL is man it's competition based, right? You got to be you got to go out there every rep in practice. You got to go out there, you got to pay attention in the in the film room. You got to pay attention to be involved in the meeting room. And and I've had the opportunity to work with guys that played in the NFL and then they become personal trainers. And I've had the opportunity to speak with some NFL players and just, you know, casually over the years, and I always ask them like, what's it like to be competitive at that level? What what type of preparation goes into it? Because as a fan, it's easy to see somebody run around on the, on the field, score a few points, make a few tackles. You look at it, oh, that's not that hard. <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. I never played at that level in the NFL, but I did play at the highest levels of rugby here in the States. I played, against, I, I played way over my skis. I played way above my skill level. So I got to see what it takes to be able to train, prepare, go out there and compete at that level. And I have nothing but the word of respect for anybody, anybody, any sport, any individual trying to play and compete at the highest level. Because it takes work, it takes sacrifice, it takes dedication. That's why I wanted to speak to Marcellus today. I want to have a little practical application of exercise science. Not just talk about the research, but talk about how do we put it into motion. If you want to learn great information about how you can use exercise to enhance your quality of life, whether you're trying to make an NFL roster or not, And let's be honest, most of us, that's not even a goal. But I think if you're listening, I think if you're into fitness, I think your goal is you want to try to get better with every workout. You don't want to take any days off. And now I say that, no days off doesn't mean you train hard every day because you do need those active recovery days. But you need to do something specific for active recovery, like a walk or a massage. I I consider a massage like a massage day, right? That might not be a hard training day, but that's still part of your program. If you do a massage day, that's still hey, that's still part of the overall training program because that goes into getting your body ready. That goes into what, what Todd Durkin calls getting your mind right to prepare and to compete. That's what I wanted you to hear today with this young man about what he's doing, how he's trained to compete and be, be at that level. And we can all take a page from that, right? It's how we prepare. It's how we treat ourselves. It's how we're ready because we never know when that opportunity. And, and I firmly believe that. Luck is the intersection of opportunity and preparation. It doesn't just happen. If you put your best foot forward, if you do what you can to prepare, and that opportunity pre- presents itself, hey, you're going to rock and roll. So you heard me ask Marcellus if he uh, if he makes a roster. I want him back on the podcast. He can share how he did it. Check out his No Days Off Society. I love that concept. No Days Off. Straight, 24-7, every day. got to live and breathe what you want to do if you want to be successful at it. Follow the All About Fitness Podcast YouTube channel. That's All About Fitness Podcast on YouTube. Same thing for Instagram, All About Fitness Podcast on Instagram. And as always, thank you for stopping by. And I do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.